Welcome to the Noisy Cricket Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Grubthusiast Grubcast, where we talk recipes, a little technique, and the coolest places to eat. And the 18th Annual Bakersfield Land Cruiser Rally and Swap Meet. Bring your rig, bring the family, and don't forget to register for the raffles throughout the day. There will be land cruisers of all kinds, some daily drivers, all the way up to show-ready cruisers. Meet other like-minded land cruiser owners and maybe find that hard-to-find part at a good price. It's a fun time for everyone. My guest today is Mr. Andy Roth, a history teacher for 22 years, the author of several books including Wildfire for a Rose and his latest book, Renewed Redemption, out this month. He is also the organizer of the annual Bakersfield Land Cruiser Rally and Swap Meet coming up April 18th. Keep an eye out for him in the March-April Toyota Trails magazine. And don't forget to follow us at Noisy Cricket Show on Instagram for more info. He's a great guy. We had a great conversation. Please welcome my buddy, Andy Roth. Andy, thank you again for doing the show. My pleasure, Jack. Uh, I am, uh, you know, this is, this is, you're my first guest on the uh, Noisy Cricket uh, Project Wheels uh, podcast series. And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, you know, we've been toying with this idea for a while. Uh, a while back, I was actually going to start a Project Wheels podcast. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I, I'm trying to develop several kind of brands. I figured, you know, let, let's start out here. Let's, uh, let's get this, get it rolling. And I think this is the best way to start. Uh, good. good. <laughs> Andy is a uh, Andy is a author, yes. and uh, he has a book out called "The Wildfire for Rose," and it's available on Amazon. Is it available in uh, digital format? It is available. It's also Barnes and Noble, but you have to order it. It's okay. not on the shelf, but it's uh, you can get it in the paperback form. Yes, okay, and uh, a new one released soon. Next month, yeah. yes, renewed redemption. Oh, wow. yes, okay, and available yeah. the same formats. Same, okay. Yes. So uh, we'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, but you know, let's 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 see if I remember. I don't remember exactly how we came in contact, uh, but uh, it was definitely before the rally. Yes, if yeah. I recall, it was a random phone call to a Craigslist ad you found. Wow, and you called and asked me some questions, and I think I told you at that point about the rally, and you said, "What? I'm going to come." And so you drove all the way up from Valley Center. And you know what? I've been coming every year and uh, had this experience where I I wanted to bring my vehicle so badly. And uh, I'm on my third FJ. I have one in parts, uh, got rid of one, a troubled beast, and I end up getting into another troubled beast. And uh, Andy's been uh, a fantastic resource for any information related to the Land Cruiser, especially the 40, 45. I I like the 40s, the 45s, the 55s are my favorites, I would uh-huh. say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mine too, mine too. Um, Andy, you know, we talked about it a while back on the uh, phone call, and it was, it was uh, I always call Andy. I say, Andy, look, you know, every time I have an issue, my first call is to Andy, and for whatever reason, he's available to pick the phone up, and I pick his ear, and, and I, I've, I've, I don't know, probably 30 times in the last years, um, I picked the phone up for a brief conversation, which turned into sometimes an hour, hour and a half. I don't know how it works, but we just we get on that way because we're talking about uh, something we like. Um, I uh, started out uh, with my dad's 56 Chevy pickup when I was a kid, and I didn't really much appreciate it, but I wasn't into cars that much. And uh, I'd say as I was restoring that, I was going to UTI Automotive School. And uh, I, I got this bug. I went to this place called the Discovery Cube in Orange County. Took my kids there to go to the you know the uh, you know whatever they do there, and uh, one of the little rooms they had right in the center they had this uh, derelict FJ40. It was kind of in the theme of uh, like uh, 
uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. You know, that was kind of the setup. Oh, wow. And it the, the steering wheel was detached so it could spin around so the kids could play with it, get in and out of it. And at the time... I don't know if this is back um, probably 10 years ago. I don't know that they were as hot as they are now or as they had been just a few years ago. Uh, I think Hollywood, when Hollywood picked them up as something, as a favored vehicle in movies, you know, you look at uh, Will Ferrell in uh, The Land Before Time and uh, Adam Sandler in 51st Dates and... uh, Kevin Costner in McFarland, the cross-country team. You know, all these Land Cruisers that... Okay, I'm going to tell you, there's no FJ-45 Land Cruiser pickup in McFarland, California that they're driving out to the fields every day, and yet they're in that Hollywood movie. So, yeah, they're very, very common in Hollywood movies. They love them. They're everywhere. Uh, And I think that's when the fad hit amongst the wealthy. Because I think the fad had hit before... Long before that, where mm. everybody who could get one wanted one. They were just the coolest rigs on the road. But I think once Hollywood picked them up as something amazing, then they even boomed even more. And wh- when would you say that was? Do you, do you have any ideas when that really hit? I remember going to Universal Studios and seeing Will Ferrell's FJ-55. Uh, man, when was that? At least a dozen years ago. Okay. Oh, and if you go to California Adventure... Across, uh, you know, from Disneyland, there's an FJ-45 mint green right above the Roaring Rapids with a bunch of surfboards in the back. And so even Disneyland loves a good Land Cruiser. Uh, I would say at least a dozen to 15 years ago uh, is when Hollywood started kind of targeting. uh, And I remember calling some of the Land Cruiser guys I knew when I walked into Target shopping and on the wall was a was an advertisement of clothing where they were sitting in an fj-40 land cruiser okay uh, and that was in target okay you know and then i go into outback and there's land cruiser photos all over the walls uh-huh. of the steakhouse and i think it's being pushed as kind of an iconic adventure vehicle okay I think about, I'd say about 10 years ago i went to that discovery cube and i saw that fj sitting in there and i was like Wow, I I want one of those. I, what what is it? Where do I find it? And I guess within a week I had one. Wow! And then wow. yeah, I went out looking at Craigslist, found one for a price I could afford, went and got it. And it was it was not the FJ that it is today. <laughs> uh, it is uh, yeah the one this this one here. Uh, I had kept all the parts that I'd gotten from the uh, I bought a parts vehicle. I kept all the parts, and now I put it on this one, and it's become the AFJ it probably started out as nearly. So, um, anyways, so that's about the time I met you, and uh, I was, you know, I was my, my mind was wide open what to do with this vehicle. Uh, I didn't realize how little of an FJ I actually bought. Um, I bought a, uh, I guess, a bikini top. It had mm-hmm. a had a bikini top on it. Mm-hmm. It did. It didn't have the factory doors. It didn't have the the top. It didn't have the fiberglass top. It didn't have the sides. So I went looking for a parts vehicle, and I found one on Craigslist. I bought it for a, a cheap price. I ended up selling some of the parts off so I could keep the majority of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have today. And at the same time, I was like, okay, I, I think I was seeking out more information. I, I found, uh, met you, lucky to, uh, happened upon you on Craigslist. And uh, we've been talking ever since. Yeah. And then going to the rallies, uh, meeting uh, other people who have their passion for their vehicles. And uh, now it's a thing uh, for oh, me. Yeah. That's a thing. And how long have you been doing the rally? Uh, this will be our 18th year. Wow. Uh, and we first met at a park, a local park in town. 
And we did that for, I think, eight years before Toyota finally allowed us to utilize one of their parking lots. And I think that was about 10 years ago we bumped to a Toyota lot here in town. Okay, and it and it's a uh, North County, North County Toyota. Yeah, North yeah. Bakersfield, North Bakersfield. Toyota. Sorry, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, and um, so I think the conversation that got me started recently, we started talking how we even came to this podcast thing was uh, to we were discussing uh, how you got started because I'm, I was always curious. I was always curious to hear other people's stories and how, what attracted them. Um, me finding that one in the Discovery <laughs> Cube uh, was what got me going. Yeah. And you've been doing this since how long? What, what year do you think you started? I. Okay, when I got married, my wife and I, for our honeymoon, we had no money. We went to her grandfather's ranch above uh, San Luis Obispo. And part of the deal of us being allowed to use his ranch for our honeymoon was we had to feed the cattle every day. And he had an old FJ-40 Land Cruiser, completely pounded, bullet holes through the front windshield, uh, three-speed on the column, and we were every morning driving that FJ-40 out into the herd of cattle and throwing hay. And I said, man, this is just the coolest vehicle I've ever seen in my life. And I started hitting him up for it because he he didn't really need it. He got rid of the cattle a few years later. And and finally in 95, he gave me that Land Cruiser. And it's not really a gift when it's... uh, When it's that beaten up, because yeah. it, it, I did go upside down on it. It was my first Land Cruiser. I had a lot to learn, and I even eventually blew the motor and had to put another motor in it, and then I sold it. I mean, we were very poor. We had nothing, and so um, then I got, so that was 95. Then I got a 69 with the Chevy 350 under the hood, right. and that was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And while I had that, I found an FJ45 pickup for sale at a veterinarian shop here in town. Uh, And I came home and told my wife, hey, we could make money off this. We could buy and sell this. And mind you, we didn't have $10. (laughs) So uh, she said, well, how are we going to do this? And I said, let me take a cash advance on my visa. And I'm going to say right now, don't ever do that. It's (laughs) not safe. But we did. I took a $3,000 cash advance on my visa. I sold it a week later for 6000 Okay. My wife was tickled, and she said, keep going. That's it. That was it. So because of that, uh, we were able to start buying and selling Land Cruisers, and I was starting buying parts, selling parts, and huh. figuring out what parts were really valuable, parts people really wanted, especially like today, doors and hardtops. Always, are, right? Are a big Always. Deal. Right. So uh, that's where we started. So we started, and now we've bought and sold over 45 Land Cruisers. Wow. And countless parts. I ship all over the U.S., and um, it's been a lot of fun. And you have th- well, I have three projects going on now. Uh, you have a, I saw a skeleton dr- uh, chassis in the driveway. I do. I'm building an FJ 45, not my first, uh, but this will be the first with. Um, Kind of a new drivetrain, so an LS and Auto Trans, and this I want my wife to be able to drive it and enjoy it. Wow! And I've got my FJ40, and then I'm I've got a stretched '71 FJ40 with the tub cut behind the front seats and a flatbed, and that's just a fun truck. I'm probably going to sell it. So you know, I've never driven one of those with the uh, the V8, the Chevy. Uh, they different characteristics, how they drive and handle um, and all? It's a good motor. It is a good motor, a strong motor and easy to work on. Parts are readily available, very inexpensive. The issue is the power. 
And so a lot of people I know who get the Chevys into their cruisers think they're going to go faster. And it's <laughs> uh, not going to happen. No. Yeah, it's, no. <laughs> uh, that's, a gearing, that's a gearing issue. But uh, it, it is a good motor. And because Japan, Toyota, had uh, copied the Chevy Straight 6 when they built their, their Straight 6, the Toyota transmission will slide into the back of a Chevy engine. Okay. So it's okay. a very common conversion. The issue is torque. And so because of that kind of power, I've snapped drive shaft bolts. Right. Uh, and I wasn't hot dogging it. I wasn't racing it. Right. It's just, it's a lot of power, uh, more power than the vehicle is designed for. So it does right. create other issues. For example, heating, mm-hmm. heat, yeah, mm-hmm. cooling. Uh, it, does, it does tend to overheat if you're using the stock radiator. So you don't just throw in a Chevy 350. You got to do different radiator and be aware of uh, the drive shaft uh, torque. Okay. So, uh, you know, the uh, have you ever tried to do a Chevy straight six with the, uh, you know, the the FJs? I have never done that, and I'm sure it would work. My only issue, because I'm a resale guy, yeah, I have yeah. to be careful. People will buy a Chevy 350 in a Land Cruiser because it's that common of a conversion, right? But when you start using odd motors, I've seen Ford 289s, I've seen Buick 8-cylinders, I've seen crazy stuff, and people really shy away from that modification because nobody knows who did it. Who did it? Did they do it right? Uh, So I... The Chevy 350 is a common conversion I'm not too afraid of, but I do prefer stock. Yeah. Well, me too. I don't think there's a there's a choice on that one. Um, if you look at the prices on Craigslist, you, uh, eBay, uh, any of the places where they sell them, the, the ones that have uh, the factory motor are definitely right. more, exp- more expensive, more right. valuable. Well, they're unmolested. And I yeah. think that's what people are looking for is they yeah. want to make sure it's not been monkeyed with. And some of the conversions are great, and people do great jobs. And then some are done by a guy in his garage, right. and you don't know if he was sober. Yeah. And so, yeah, sure. Know. You know, I mean, over the years I've had this vehicle, um, I you know I have a '69 that just has no motor, and I've always contemplated. I, I, I'm familiar with the straight six, the Chevy, yeah, the 235. Yeah, I'm, I have one. I have a '56 Chevy pickup. It has one in there. Wow. And I've always wondered because there's, I mean, like you said, the I imagine after the war. World War Two, right? Uh, they had Japan was you know in, in trouble, and America was trying to come to the rescue. And I imagine they they gave the blueprints to Japan, or they somehow landed up in there. My in their understanding hands. is they purchased okay uh, to me- make the Chevy Straight Six metric. Okay. But my understanding is they purchased those rights, but I don't know that for okay. a fact. Well, my, I think I read something at one point. They said that uh, uh, the idea was to help rebuild Japan yes. after the war. Yes. Uh, they provided, loaned, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Uh, some of our engines over there to uh, help rebuild. Oh. And okay. when they did that, um, they the Japanese took the, the motors, rebuilt them in their own fashion, and mm-hmm. really the F motor looks a lot like oh, the, yes. the uh, straight, 235 Straight 6 yes. uh, Chevy or any of those. Uh, motors, so I've always wondered how hard would that be to take the the, the two thirty five readily available motor and ho- hook it up to the uh, the drive line of the FJ. Probably not hard at all. Like I said, the tranny, the uh, Toyota tranny would slide in yeah. with the ad- of, ad- the adapter okay. on the bell housing. You can get from uh, advanced adapters. You know what? Super I think simple. I'm going to try that. Yeah, I think I'm going to try that that sixty nine, and I definitely want to have the same kind of vibe. That oh, feel, yeah. Uh, and if I come across a, a Chevy motor, I might just do that. <laughs> I don't see how it would be a problem. Yeah. 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 So um, 
Over the years, I've called you for every manner of subject, uh, every little thing. Um, I had this huge trouble with my uh, with the vehicle I have right now. Uh, I come to find out after years of, of working and replacing things that uh, there was about six cups of sand wow. in the fuel tank. Wow. And I don't know how it got in there, but uh, the guy either uh, drove it in the ocean or uh, somebody sabotaged the guy. Uh, because when, uh, it, long story short, uh, I had been working on it every once in a while. My kids were little, I was at home, and uh, I'd, I'd get a chance to work on it every weekend or every other weekend, and it just seemed like it took forever to make any any headway. And uh, I finally got a chance to uh, to go through it. I, I had the, rec- the carburetor rebuilt, I replaced fuel lines, I uh, gaskets on manifolds, uh, the spacer in the carb. I, did, I mean, I did everything, uh, plugs and wires, points. I, I, I was checking everything that I could possibly think of. And then on one occasion, there was a bit of sand, not a lot, bit of sand in the uh, one of the filters. And I, I, I don't know why, but I was so close to it that I, I don't think I thought of it. I don't think I really uh, took a chance and said, well, maybe the fuel, the tank is full of sand. I, I never considered it. <laughs> uh, but the, I, I had one occasion where I pulled the, the line off and I found there was some sand in it. So uh, I come to find out after all the years of being dumb, I... Uh, I, the car, the, I had been running the, the machine so low on fuel in the fuel tank that it was sucking up all the bottom debris. Right. right. And uh, when I did ultimately take the tank out, and uh, which, you know, taking all of it apart, taking the tank out, and with a vacuum, like a dummy, I know. Everybody's going, oh, is that so dumb? <laughs> um, I emptied all the fuel out, and I tried to get every bit of sand out. And uh, after getting the cups and cups and cups out, there was still, you know, several spoonfuls that were kind of in between the the, well, the what do they call that the little vents and the little the, yeah, the, the keep it the from sloshing around pulls up the fuel yeah and so uh the, it was hiding in the little nooks and crannies and uh to get the remaining bit of sand that i did vacuum it out yeah <laughs> and uh, every every moment i was doing i was going god just don't blow up please don't blow up <laughs> You know, because right, all this right. is vapor. You know, this yeah, is this yeah. vapor could just ignite with that hot engine, that hot motor on that that vacuum. It could just have exploded. But uh, I I did get, finally get it out, and it does run very well now. Uh, now my big problem was uh, I think I called you about this um, during the process. One of the problems that it had I found out was that one of the uh, bolts that holds the uh, flange for the exhaust uh, oh, right, uh, right. exhaust to the uh, right. exhaust manifold um, it had. It had it had been uh, the bolt had been left off, and uh, over the time it had been sitting and it flared the yeah. bolts on the <clears throat> exhaust manifold. Right. So in the process, being that it's a cast iron exhaust manifold, uh, because it was kind of splayed, I uh, did attempt to bend it back in, Ooh. and when I bent and I tried to bend it back in, it just popped the tab right off. Right. So um, that that could be a $400 solution right there, as I've found. Uh, eBay, uh, calling around some of the suppliers uh, to replace my uh, exhaust manifold, the stock manifold, right. which uh, connects to the intake manifold. Yes. Uh, that and I, and I imagine, what is the purpose of that? Is that for scavenging some of the uh, exhaust Vapor. I would assume as much that it's trying to burn off as much of that before yeah. it heads out of the like vehicle. an emissions thing, right? Yeah, Dude, I would okay. assume. I mean, it makes sense. It would, you know. So you know, um, I was talking to you about doing a uh, header. Yes. Right, and yes. everybody I talked to who says, I, I even talked to uh, one of our mutual friends who sells uh, parts, and he says, uh, 
Well, I said, wish you like better. I said, you know, they always label the manifolds uh, or the, I'm sorry, the headers as performance, right? Yes, that they you're do. Gonna, you're going to get, say. you're going to get some extra performance. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, these engines are not performance engines. So how much, I mean, a horsepower or two? I don't know. Uh, but then in, in doing so, if you change that direction, you're going to have to then uh, change your exhaust. Right, you have to. You're yeah. gonna have to cut it up. You're gonna have right. to reposition everything, and that costs money too. Yes. So I'm like, okay, what should I do? I, I mean, the the vehicle runs right now with a full choke, okay. And I'm imagining the reason being is that you're it's closing off the normal uh, intake of air right. and substituting the leak that's happening at the flange or at the at the where the uh, manifold is sucking in air as well. It it's is. blowing out air. But I imagine it's sucking in air now too. So uh, I, I've come to find out from one of our mutual friends they want four hundred dollars for that piece, yeah. and I'm thinking, yeah. okay, well, if I put the the header on, I'm going to spend that much money. Well, a for the part, and then once I get it on, then have to then cap the exhaust on the bottom of the intake yes. where it's hooked There's up. There's a cap now. for that, yeah, it's, and and it's which easy. costs money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to have to have somebody cut unless I'm going to do it myself. Do the bends and recut and put a new exhaust. And how much is that going to cost? A couple hundred bucks, right? Couple, man, probably a couple hundred bucks. So uh, the direction I've chosen is probably to seek out another exhaust manifold. Which is what I would do. As much as I, I prefer just to just solve my problem in some way. Yeah. You know, put the header on, take it down to the exhaust shop, and hey, make it happen. Right. Well, it, it's going to, it's like you said, it's going to eliminate having to create other nightmares. So it's not yeah. going to affect your exhaust. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to have to cap off your other manifold. So I... I I'm I'm of the same mind. I'd rather just buy the right part, yeah. replace it, yeah. be back in business. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I, I see you have a, a a slew of paint here because you <laughs> like to paint your vehicles as I would like to do. I uh, I made the mistake once. I had a really really beautiful 1966 FJ40. I was selling. It had zero rust, uh, but it needed to be painted. I took it to Mako. Okay. And uh, should I not have said Mako? Uh, no, you're fine. Okay. I mean, so. unless you have some you know, financial <laughs> interest in them. <laughs> well, uh, and they did pretty good on well, parts well, of the Well, you can rig. say allegedly. Okay. Allegedly, some store called <laughs> that reminds with Baco. Uh, uh, there you, you know. go. So, but when I got the rig home, on the passenger drive, passenger side floorboard was a small mound, a couple inches tall. Uh, kind of like a little cone right in the middle of the floorboard, painted. And I looked at it, I'm like, what the heck is wow. that? And I nudge it with my finger, and it's a painted pile of dirt. Oh, what? And so I took it back to them, the paint place, and I said, what the heck? And they said, oh, you know, we use compressed air to get in the nooks and crannies before we paint. And so that's where it all pooled. And I said, well, great, but why don't you take it out before you paint it? <laughs> right, so, right, right. So that was the last time I paid to paint the Land Cruisers because uh-huh. uh, a really nice paint job is worth the money, but a really bad paint job, I can do much cheaper. Right. And so I get Home Depot's best, and I mask off, and I do a little scuffing sand, and you know I do better than that. That other I place, yeah. yeah. You don't put any dirt. You don't paint no, dirt. No, I'm not painting not any paint. dirt. Good. And I'm and I'm cleaning thoroughly, uh-huh. and I'm taping off, and I'm touching up my paint as I go. And I feel like I did just as good of a paint job 
for like sixty dollars. Really? Wow. <laughs> so okay. versus a thousand dollars, and I feel like uh, you know it's not a big deal. I get the really thin plastic painter tarps at Home Depot, and I spread them all over my driveway. My wife is not upset. I'm not making a mess. And at the end of the day, everything has to be put away. It has to be hidden back in the garage, and the garage is fine. So cool. I've learned. I've painted a, a few dozen Land Cruiser in my, in my driveway, and, and they are not great, but they are so much better than what I had. And the um, so you would you would recommend this to somebody new into the FJ world? It depends on your finances, yeah. okay? Because I'm buying and selling. Uh, I need to watch how much money I'm spending. There's more people with ten thousand dollars to buy a vehicle than there are with twenty thousand right. dollars to buy a vehicle, and so I need to watch my cost so that I can flip it. And if the guy who buys my vehicle wants to put a lot of money into the paint job, good for him. That's great. But I need to make a product that somebody wants to buy and right. say, hey, I see potential. Yeah. That that doesn't yeah. look bad. And believe me, when I pick them up, they look horrible. Can be, right? Can be. You know, a lot of them can be. A lot of them don't have paperwork, and I have to get the seats reupholstered, and, which I don't mind. I know how to do it. I've got my crew right. of people that I like to go to, and uh, it works. And your Rolodex is deep. It's been a lot of years of collecting phone numbers. Yeah. Yes, and and I'm I'm grateful for having met you. I tell you, that's one of those those reasons I when I met Andy. Uh, if I call Andy and say, Andy, look, I got this problem, he'll say, No worries. I have, there's this guy. He's in Timbuktu. His name is Steve. <laughs> Go see him. Just tell him that Andy sent you, or don't tell him Andy sent you. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah, um, uh, but you know, I was going to say, uh, I the paint here inspires me because when I get that exhaust manifold, first thing I'm going to do is find some of that high temp, right. the high temp right. colored paint. I'm right. probably going to ask you again, uh, what color was that, Andy? Yeah. Uh, what co- what factory color was that? And uh, give it painted up. So um, yeah. The um, and you've been doing this, you know, what long time with many different vehicles. Well, I started twenty five years ago, and there have been years where we have sold as many as six, and some years we have sold as many as, uh, as low as just one or two. Uh, and in California, you can do ten vehicles a year without a dealer's license, mm. and so we do pick them up and sell them uh, fairly regularly, and it's it's been very very good. Excellent. Uh, and you're working on, uh, you said the 45 pickup. The 45 pickup I'm keeping. Okay. I had a 45 pickup that I built, uh, but when my son started college, it had to go to Massachusetts. I sold it on eBay. And uh, so ever since then, I've been wanting to get another little 45 pickup back. And so this is going to be a builder. And I picked up the body from a fireman here in town. And I got the frame from a guy up in Fraser Park. And uh, I had the axles, and I did a, I s- traded parts with uh, BTB out in Henderson, Nevada. They I had a FJ25 tub they wanted, and they traded some parts, so I got a disc brake conversion and some other cool little things. So I'm building another 45. Fantastic! You know what? And I'm a big truck guy, and uh, when I saw your 45, I was like, man, do I want? Is that my next project? Do you have enough money? And they're hard to find now, they're, right? Well, and I have never found one easily, except that one I found at the veterinarians. Um, that was the only one I found easily, and I bought and sold it so fast. It went in one week. Well, um, the other ones I have found have all been parts that I've had to put together. Uh-huh. And what kind of money do you think you can spend, I mean, on, on a nice FJ45 today? Well, I'm not doing 
really nice work and i'm i'm easily gonna have probably 15 to 18 into it when wow. it's running when it's driving down the road yeah okay yeah. but but you can find them for that. I mean, okay. it might have been okay. smarter to buy one running. Right. But I enjoy the build. Yeah. I enjoy finding the parts and, and doing it. But like I said, I'm doing my own paint. I'm doing my own work. Except for the drivetrain. I am going to pay a shop to uh, put in a nice engine. Would you say this would be... Uh, how much cheaper would it have been, let's say, five or seven years ago before all this began? A lot. Like a, a lot ton cheaper. Because, you yeah. know, they were still available for... I mean, you could find FJ45 Land Cruiser pickups back then for mm -hmm. 10, 12. Um, in fact, the fireman that I bought my body, the FJ45 body from, he has a 45 pickup all stock he bought in Tehachapi for like 12 grand. Wow. And it's really cool. Yeah. It's all original and uh, and it's clean. So that's amazing that it's not full of rust. I I'm shocked at the prices today. Yes. I'm shocked. Yes. Uh, I was recently out at uh, a Starbucks near where I live in northern San Diego. And uh, I was I walked to the parking lot and I saw this FJ45, uh, FJ40 sitting there, fully complete. Uh, looked like the guy had put a lot of effort into it. However, it was a patchwork. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was intended that way or not, but uh, you know, every piece was a little different color. Right, and uh, it had it had a, like an emblem on the side of the doors, like he was a tour guide or did some kind of camping oh. situation. Oh, and and when I I didn't know who it was, but I saw a young couple that looked like they were you know REI employees, right? <laughs> right. And they were sitting there in front of the shop, and I walked up to the guy and say, hey, you know what, that wouldn't be your your forty right there, would it? And he goes, yeah. How'd you know? I said, ah, took a guess, right? <laughs> and uh, so I started talking. I said, you know what? Do you, I mean, he said, oh, you want to buy it? And I said. Uh, what are you asking? Uh, he says, well, I bought it for nine grand uh, in the Arizona or something. Had it shipped here for a grand. So I bought 10 in when I got here. Wow. And I said, okay, uh, what, are you, what are you asking? He says, well, you know, I, I've, over the last year and a half, I probably put in uh, 12 grand into uh, labor, you know, my mechanic, labor. my mechanic. Right. And I said, okay, so that's, uh, let's see, 22,000. And uh, and I says, well, then I've got a few parts here and there. He says, uh, yeah, I've got about you know, I've got about thirty into it. Whoa! And it's I said, not done. And I, it, it, well, the the patchwork paint. If you're into a rat rod FJ forty, mm. maybe that's you know. But mm. I said thirty thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. Wow. Out of my price. Range. No, I, well, I said I, certainly out of my price range, knowing what I know. Right. And because you know what, uh, speaking of what I know, I, I don't. Ha I mean, I, the other day uh, you're you're modest, and I was uh, I was uh, saying to you that you are like uh, uh, Obi one of the FJ world as to to my to my uh, Padawan uh, situation. No, it, yeah. No. Uh, Why? Well, well, yeah. I think you're a little modest because well, you got to learn from my mistakes. Because I, well, like I said, I went upside down on my first okay. cruiser, and we couldn't afford to go upside. Yeah, down Yeah, I, I mean, well, we I had nothing. I don't think. I don't think anybody can. I don't no. think anybody wants to. Well, but yeah. a lot of people have them as a as a toy, as a spare vehicle. Yeah. But this was my daily driver, right? And so I had to pay for quick repairs because yeah. I was driving yeah. it every day to work. Yeah, it's reliable. And, it's your uh, daily driver. Yes, and it. But it after it had been sitting for so many years or only used on this ranch, uh -huh. uh, I mean everything died soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, everything needed work, so that made me learn how to fix things, how to, where to get things right. repaired. In a hurry sometimes, Yeah, right? in a hurry. So I've got my tire guy 
who I can count on. I've got my upholstery guy. I've got my glass guy uh-huh. who it comes to my driveway. Right. I've, you know, I do my painting. I do a lot of my work. And, and in doing so, you've collected these reliable people and Very sources true. for yes. uh, parts and services, right? Very true. So whenever I call, um, I'm like, you know, Andy, you know, where do I need, where can I get this? Where can I get that? And you're like, oh, here, 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 here. I'm like, oh, right. God, thank you. Uh, so when I saw this guy, I was like, in my mind, I'm going, I'm calculating all these numbers. So I said, how much are you asking? And he says, uh, uh, I have 30 in. Um, I'd like to get, you know, 25 today. Wow. And, and I was going, oh, guy, I'm sorry, man. I think you need to get reality. You know, I, I couldn't tell him that. <laughs> I couldn't tell him that, of course. No, because, they don't want to hear that. Uh, they, we yeah. can't. And I yeah. just, I was thinking to myself the whole time going, you paid a mechanic? Right. I mean, look, this is the kind of vehicle, I don't know, I mean, I know you know, but most people, I don't know if everybody knows that this is the type of vehicle that you kind of want to do the work yourself. You know. Well, or if you pay for it, because a lot of people have to pay for them, then you're not going to get that back. That's okay. No, yeah. You pay for it. You enjoy it. You drive it. You have fun. I mean, every time you go in a gas station and pay for gas, you come out and somebody's looking over your rig. And, yeah. and that's rewarding. It's encouraging when they say, wow, you know, this is a really cool thing. I love to see it on the road. They're yeah. head turners. Yeah. But you're not going to get your money back unless you're that cheap guy like me. Right. Right. right, right. Well, you know, and I've gotten a taste of that in the time, the short time I've had it. Uh, I have those, what are those called? Those uh, Jeep uh, Renegades, is that what they call them? The four-door? The four-door the one? four-door yeah. Jeeps? I, it's a, I uh, it's a, the Jeep four-door. Yeah. And I, they, they, some of these people have uh, what I would assume is, you know, forty. Maybe fifty, sixty thousand dollars into these things. Yeah, and I'll be cruising down the street, and I'll be getting little high five waves, hi, like that, you know. Right. And and I say, if you only knew what I paid for this thing, uh, you wouldn't be waving at me. You'd be like, uh, ugh. But you know, it's nice to see the attention that an old vehicle like this when exactly. it comes when it comes on the road, and you uh, you get a hit, like you said, head turners. Yeah. Questions are asking. I was yeah. I, I actually had a, 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 I would say a very cute. 20 something girl at a shop I go to all the time. And uh, she's, you know, very pretty. And, you know, she's like, she's talking to me, asking me questions about my FJ. She's like, what is that? And I said, huh? I said, oh, she says, I've never seen a Jeep like that. Well, I said, Ooh. it's not a Jeep. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, she was, I mean, she was all over the FJ, getting in, yeah. opening the yeah. door, sitting down. I was like, boy, I should have got this when I was young. Well, you know? they're really made. For serviceability. Yeah. They're really made yeah. over tough. Yeah. They're made to last. They're simple. Uh, hence, they're all over the world. I mean, that's why they're still oh. so popular. Yeah. Uh, parts are still being made brand new because they're still everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. And as, in fact, so much so, the following around the world, it's all over uh, South America, Middle for East. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the first thing, I, one of the guys I met uh, who was selling me parts uh, from Alaska uh, he said to me, he says, well, in, to- in uh, Alaska, uh, he says, uh, Chevy and Ford will get you somewhere, but Toyota will get you home. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you know, I, I, he says in Alaska, the Toyota is the king. Wow. He says, it just, you know, that's a go anywhere vehicle. Wow. And uh, I've lived by that and I've stuck with it. And uh, yeah. I've, I think I'm more in love than ever now. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't know if the market's quite as hot as it was just a couple of years ago. Um, what do you think of that? I think the market is softening down in certain area arenas. Okay. So, for example, uh, when I got into Land Cruisers, you know, you could pick them up for five hundred bucks. Okay. You could buy them for five hundred thousand bucks, wow. five hundred bucks. They've been sitting in somebody's yard for twenty years. Oh man! 
you cannot find any of them now for 500 bucks unless right. they're a stripped parts rig. Right, right. right. But I'm talking about a Land Cruiser in somebody's backyard that you could buy for 500 bucks. And those days are long right. gone. And how long ago was that, do you think? The 90s. 90s. I mean, wow. in the 90s, uh, if I had to pay over $1,500, I would say no. I couldn't afford them. Now, is that and, running and driving? Like no, a, no, no. Just a cruiser that's been sitting that has potential to run or or did run. Uh, if it didn't run, but it had a hard top and doors on it, wow. I would still gamble. I mean, if it had the potential, I couldn't pay over 1500 bucks, and we bought a ton of them. And, and, uh, and now what's that vehicle going oh, for? Oh, yeah. That vehicle now, if you look on Craigslist yeah. or on eBay, you know, they're asking five or six or seven or eight for that same vehicle. Yeah. And now it's even more dangerous because, you know, back then, 1500 bucks you could gamble and say, well, if the motor doesn't run, I'll buy another one, throw it in. Right. But now you pay eight grand for a vehicle and the motor doesn't run. You're you're already deep in the hole. Yeah, yeah. And, and from personal experience, uh, I've noticed that, you know, for that kind of money, six, seven grand, you're going to get something that has possibly uh, no factory seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't, be, it won't have a top and sides. Mm-hmm. It'll have uh, some, it may not even have doors. Right. And right. Uh, then it may have a V8 in it, which right. you know brings the value down. It does for the high dollar. Yeah. Like you said, the high dollar guys want original. Yeah. And then it may have, uh, it may have like uh, the uh, disc of uh, the drum brakes. Right. Maybe in the uh, pre-74 or pre-76, right? Pre-76 was the first year of the disc brakes, which brings up a good point. When you talk about restoration of a Toyota Land Cruiser, it's not a blanket comment where you can say, I'm going to restore this Land Cruiser and I'm going to make a ton of money. It doesn't work like that. There are more desirable years than others. So uh, like the 76 with the disc brake and the four speed and, uh, and the later years when you start getting into power steering and air conditioning, you know, those are really yeah. nice features and so when people say, oh, I restored this 1966 Land Cruiser, yeah. that's great. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But you're not going to get the same money yeah. for a fully restored 78, 79, 80 that have really nice features uh, that yeah. people want. The mini jump seats, the factory roll bar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there were no roll bars in 66. Uh, and, I, so it's, and so people will often modify, yeah. you know, put in a roll bar and still try to sell it as stock. And I don't even know if I've seen any of the late 70s or 80s lately. They're getting so hard to yeah. find because yeah. in California, you can't smog them. Sure. And so people sell them out of state, uh, me included. I but, mean, all of the cruisers I pick up that are 76 and newer and have to be smogged, uh, yeah. I've been selling them on eBay out of state because they're too much of a hassle. Right. Uh, and they're not going to be a smog, a smog exempt for a decade or something, right? I don't know anything about that. But, yeah. Uh, but though, yeah, so yeah. I, I got, I have a minus uh, smog exempt, and that's why I'm able to enjoy it like I can. No emissions. Right. Uh, but you know, I have, I have a, the other day I was on Facebook and uh, I was talking about, um, they, had a, they had a rally that's going on in the, uh, called Shelter Island, San Diego. Oh. And uh, it's for Jeeps. And uh, they go out there and they, they bring all their, FG, uh, their, their Jeeps and they run around doing whatever, you know, uh, cutting around on the island and sand and doing donuts and, I don't know, crawling things. And uh, I was saying, I, I wish they had one for FJs. Do you know of anything like that? Pismo Surf and Turf, uh, it's in November every year here in California. And it used to be the biggest Land Cruiser rally in the United States. 
Okay. Uh, Jim Brantley, the the head of the Pismo uh, Land Cruiser Club, did an awesome job putting together the annual Pismo Surf and Turf. And they would have poker runs where every location that you hit, you'd get a card. Okay. And then at the end of the poker run, whoever had the best hand won. And a really fun all-weekend event. Uh, but it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And right now, California is trying really hard to close Pismo Dunes. Wow. So it is currently the only place in California that you can drive your vehicle on the beach. Hmm. Uh, but now they still are doing Pismo Surf and Turf. Now has been called uh, Pismo Turf and Surf. Somebody else, I think okay. a, a group of, of guys are trying to keep it going. And it's still a good-sized event every November in the Pismo Dunes, it's not as huge as you know, Jim Brantley had so many contacts in the Land Cruiser world. I mean, people were coming from South America, Canada, the East Coast to come to the Pismo Surf and Turf. And, and it was it was just crazy. I, the last year Jim did it, there were 500 Land Cruisers there. Wow. And uh, it was amazing. It, I mean, is something like that hard to begin to start something like that? Yeah, I can only tell you from my personal experience, and I talked to Jim about it. Uh, in fact, I called Jim when I said, I want to start a Bakersfield Land Cruiser rally. You know, how do I get yeah. started? And uh, he said, learn from my mistakes. Because he said, you know, we did texting and a little bit of advertising, but he said we didn't do flyers on windshields. Mm-hmm. And he said, I wish we had done that at first. Because after a few years of small get-together, small yeah. get-together, he said, we just started tagging all the Land Cruisers around that, and he said, of course, then it just grew. And so when I started, I was putting flyers on Land Cruisers around town and just said, hey, let's all get together on this date at this park yeah. and talk and share ideas. And uh, so that first rally here in Bakersfield, I think it was '02. there were 17 Land Cruisers. And uh, we all kind of stood around and looked at each other and we're like, what are we doing? And who are you? And... And that's where it began. Uh, we started talking about parts and who needed what. And one guy said, oh, I've got that in my garage. And it just boomed from there. And then it got bigger and bigger. I started advertising in TLCA. I started advertising on public radio, uh, PSAs, public service announcements are free. So I don't spend any money, but I advertise where I can. Mm-hmm. And now it's, uh, it's a good-sized event. And uh, you know, the date this year? April 18th. April 18th. And the, Toyota. Yeah, North uh, North Bakersfield Toyota. Yeah. So make it out there. Um, you know, would you be interested in, in ever attending one of these, uh, like something like in the Shelter Island where they had, uh, you could bring your FJ and buzz around the beach? If, Absol- if somebody absolutely. Organized it? As yeah. far as other four-wheel drive vehicle clubs, I, I think that's great and yeah. I commend them, but I have zero interest. So, okay. And I, I admit, I know nothing about them. So yeah. when you, you, know, you talk about Jeeps... And they get together for rallies. I think that's great. Yeah. It's just, you know, they're a dime a dozen. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. have enough money, you can make a pretty Jeep. Yeah. And that's great. Enjoy them. Have fun. It's not my passion. It's yeah. not my interest. But, yeah, if there's other. I know um, Lone Star Land Cruiser Club, Texas Land Cruiser Club does a big run. Um, the yeah. Fall Crawl in the south. I know the South Dakota yeah. Black Hills run. Right. Uh, there's a number of big events around the United States, but I think here in California, uh, Pismo Surf and Turf, uh, the Petaluma Swap Meet in July, the Bakersfield Swap Meet in April, the Rubicon running the Rubathon mm-hmm. uh, with the Land Cruisers in. I want to say that's in the, in the summer, but I think their date 
floats every summer. Okay. Uh, so there's only a few big events. Oh, and I think uh, George Easter at Valley Hybrids does the FJ45 run every year at Deer Deer Creek or Deer mm-hmm. Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a few that I'm aware of in California. You know, I, I actually seen that one on Facebook made me like, huh, could you do that? Would you want to start that? Uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. I know. I can imagine. <laughs> but I, I thought it. You know. I, so I, I did. I, I sent a message to the guy on uh, on Facebook to see. I said, uh, you know, I'm not. I don't have a Jeep, but I have an FJ40. It's kind of Jeepish. You know. Didn't hear anything back. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hmm. No, I don't think we're in contact. Well, there's there. a real jealousy factor there yeah. on their part. I think so. I think Jeeps are neat. You yeah. know, and that's cool. You yeah. have a pretty Jeep. Yeah. But I think there's a jealousy <laughs> issue that, you know, unless you beef up your Jeep, yeah. it is not roadworthy. If you buy it off the factory and you take it out in the hills, guarantee yeah. you'll break it that day. It's sure. not coming back. Sure. You know? And so you have to buy the bigger axles and you have to, and it's yeah. not the case with a Land Cruiser. No. They were overbuilt from the beginning. Right. And you shift that into four wheel drive and you can climb up the side of a hill and, and it's, it's ready to go. Yeah, and you can make it better with better tires and a little lift. I get that, but yeah. but the axles are stout and they're sound. They're, yeah, they're they're built well. Well, you know, I was out at uh, Acatillo Wells, North San Diego, mm-hmm. and I said, you know what, this would be a perfect place to have a little something here. Uh, invite some people, bring their FJs out, go up and down those little dunes and whatever. Uh, I, you know what, I'm not saying I'm going to start one because, like you said, huge job. I don't know if I'm up to the challenge, but boy, that would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, you know what? I'm thinking on it. Yep. Well, I met a guy that sells stickers, and he comes to the rally every year and sells stickers. And he said he goes to all the four-wheel drive events, so okay. Jeeps, Land Cruisers, whatever he can find. He yeah. goes and he sells stickers. And I said, well, what's the difference? You know, What's the difference between a Jeep owner and a Land Cruiser owner? And he said the real difference is loyalty is a Jeep often is an experience. It's a phase. You want one, you buy one, it was fun, and now I sell it. He said, we're the Land Cruiser guys. Man, some of those guys, you're not going to pry that out of their dead hands. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, <laughs> they're dyed-in-the-wool yeah. Land Cruiser guys sure. who, you know, they're going to be buried in it. They just, they love them. And he said, that's the difference, is the, the, the loyalty factor. I think I might be having some of that going on with me now. <laughs> I think there's some of that. I, I have a Subaru now that I'm feeling the same way about. So, uh, so look, you know what? I, I want to talk to you before we uh, wrap it up. I want to talk to you about the uh, your book. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I, I understand that you were uh, uh, a teacher for 22 years. I was a school teacher for 22 years, and that's where I was able to um, get into the Land Cruiser stuff on weekends and evenings. Okay. I mean, uh, summers. I had some time, but because when I started teaching, they didn't get paid in the summers. We got 10 paychecks a year. So in the summer, I often did grape inspections for the county here in here in Kern County. So I was busy in the summers too, but I would uh, pick up land cruisers and get into that. But uh, I never, ever thought about writing. And then when I got out of teaching, uh, the land cruiser stuff keeps me a little busy, but not overly busy i'm not a shop or anything uh and so i needed something to do and i've heard this from a lot of people who retire that they say whoa don't retire unless you have something to do and so my family really encouraged me to write they enjoyed my stories and i i was a history teacher so i know a lot of uh history stories and so i started writing and i was uh 
I'm not a good writer, but I enjoyed writing stories. No, and, you're a very good writer. Well, it took it took a lot of editing, uh-huh. Jack. So, okay. Well, uh, you know, everything, you know, nothing's yeah, perfect yeah. the first time. Not yeah. even pancakes. Very true. So. so, but no, I did get into writing and I wrote a number of of books and then my and my family edited uh-huh. and I sent out numerous submissions and proposals to different publishing houses and agents and okay. and it took uh like 6 years. It took six years until I got picked up by a by a publishing house and okay. uh, an agent. So and now I'm very very pleased. I had my first book published last summer, Wildfire for Rose, uh-huh. and um, which is available again on Amazon. Which is available, yes, <laughs> and yeah. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, and it's Christian literature, wholesome, clean adventure, faith based literature. And, and the I mean the it's a Western based. Yeah, story. they're all they all take place in the in the uh, in the West. Usually, uh, roughly uh, mid 1800s to just after the Civil War. Uh, so this one, Wildfire for Rose, is during the Civil War, and a young boy leaves Missouri. Kind of the the rebel guerrillas chase him out of Missouri, and he ends up starting a horse ranch in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And is it a fiction? Ba- a fiction? Yeah, or, yeah, they're I mean, all fiction, okay. but they all have historical uh, basis, underpinnings of the. Yeah, so like he's, you know, he, they're talking about the Civil War, and they're talking about the political issues of the time. Uh, and and all of the locations are are correct. And he's on the Santa Fe Trail, and he ends up at Fort Union okay. in New Mexico Territory. Okay. Uh, and then Renewed Redemption is uh, a widow in the California Gold Camps as the Civil War breaks out. And you would think, well, we're in California; it really doesn't affect us right. back here. But her family was in Virginia. And so there were a lot of tension in the gold camps, uh, as everybody in the gold camps were not from California. Everybody was from somewhere else. Right. And so back the East Civil usually. War back east. And the Civil War was a major issue. And a number of people actually did leave California to go back and join the war. Uh, but she, in in this book, she is uh, meets a man, and, and he offers her employment on his farm, and uh her family. Well, I, I don't want to tell you the end. So, oh, don't tell us the end. No, let let the uh, let the reader <laughs> okay. find out about that. Okay. For and then sure. my third book, I got a contract for, will be on this summer, The Train to Laramie, and uh, it's in editing right now okay. at the publishing house. And do you have like a, a website? Or? I do. I have a website, andrewrothbooks.com. dot com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how about so, can they find you on social media? I'm working on that. Okay. Uh, I love to email. I right. email all day, but I'm not a big Facebook guy, and I need to change. Okay. So, Instagram? Instagram? Uh, I'm not an Instagram you guy. Gotta, I gotta need do to that. change. Yeah, I need yeah. to work on that. I'm spending a lot of time writing and editing, and I love that, which surprises yeah. me. I never thought I'd be a writer. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it, and I'm I'm writing a ton of books, and so... You know, and as you know, the, what got me prompted to this conversation was uh, just talking. I mean, the way that you speak, uh, you have a very fluid way of speaking, and uh, and it what it starts out is uh, something brief. It, it ng ends up goes to another topic and another topic, and it flows very well mm. from one to the next. And uh, we talked about you know doing podcasts, and I think you were surprised when I told you I did one for sure. And yeah. and. Uh, Maybe because, you know, boy, that guy can't talk at all. No, not at all. No, I think <laughs> so, podcasting is impressive. Yeah. And I don't know anybody who does and podcasting. I was, and, so. I was, and I was thinking the whole time, I'm saying, you know what? Uh, this conversation needs to be on a podcast. Because, you know, uh, with the stories you tell about your passion for your, uh, your FJs and Land Cruisers, uh, the, the history, the, the, the time you spent investing in uh, putting together knowledge of it, the rally that you put on, and shows more of the passion. Um, 
it, it, it actually it, it invigorated me to continue. Nice. Because there have been times when um, in all this, my experiences, I've been, I, I've called you uh, near tears. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm a man, so I'm not admitting <laughs> that I was in tears. But I was certainly at a point where I was like, I'm just going to, you know what, I'm ready to just pack all this stuff up and let the next guy uh, deal with it, you know. And um, you've talked me down off the edge a couple of times. Well, I had to do that to myself on more than one occasion because, you know, when you when you start and you really don't have the experience, it's it's all learning. Man, and, you know, it sometimes it it's so frustrating. Oh, God. But then after you've done it a lot and you're like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing. I can do that. And, yeah. and like we were talking about your gas tank. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just doesn't mean anything anymore to, to rip a gas tank out. <sighs> yeah. Clean it out. Yeah. Shake it over sure. my over my gutter. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Clean it out really yeah. well and throw it back in because you know that's what they're doing in the jungles in South sure. America. You sure. know they're not taking it down to the yeah. shop and having it pressurized and you know I and until it leaks, it's it's fine. You know I think I saw one of the episodes. Another thing that inspired me is watching that uh, show uh, Top Gear. Yeah. And on one of the episodes, I think the, the guy Hammond, the smaller guy, uh, I think he took an FJ out on one of the expeditions they were on. Uh, they each had to choose a vehicle to take on their uh, excursion. Oh, okay. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he chose uh, one of these FJs and was out on, on the bush in Africa or something. And had, uh, they had gone through a, uh, a waterway, and it was up to his neck. And oh uh, the engine ended up getting watered into the engine. Okay. And so he had to do a bush fix. Yeah. And uh, he ended up, the, the whole thing was, the premise was that uh, the other two guys went off, left him uh, to fend for himself. And he, with the assistance of, I imagine, a, t- a technician that was on staff, uh, he had a little box of tools. And overnight, the, the concept is that he was uh, spending the whole evening uh, taking it apart, putting it back together. And uh, that also inspired me because I said, you know what? If he can do that and resurrect an engine that has right. water in it, right. uh, I can do what I'm doing yeah. in my shop. And uh, I think, uh, you know, so back to what I was saying, uh, I really do believe that you should probably do a podcast. I don't know what topic you would put it on, <laughs> but I think that, that there's something that your knowledge uh, of the ins and outs and the hows and the whys for people who want uh, to restore an FJ40 or any vehicle for that matter. Uh, I, I was inspired. It kept me on track. In And I've talked to people uh, having, uh, you know, I live down North San Diego and I've, I've dealt with other people who have parts on Craigslist or they, uh, they, whenever I get in touch with somebody, they're doing what I did to you. Um, they ask me, Hey, uh, have you ever had an experience with sure, this? And sure. I'll have to, you know, try and cobble together some answer. Uh, then I'll, and, and sometimes I actually called you and said, Hey, I got this guy, yeah. uh, where I live who's got a question about it. And then you'll say, Oh, you know, but, um, I think that that, that resource of hearing you talk about, uh, the FJ, and, and given the fact that it's so uh, widely uh, uh, appreciated all over the world, um, you know these podcasts don't just uh, uh, speak to a local uh, no. you know, people. Right. This podcast, I mean, I'll show you uh, today uh, on my SoundCloud. I get downloads uh, from the strangest places, um, you know, uh, uh, Mexico, and and this is not for cars. This is for food. I do a, a podcast called Grub Enthusiast on iTunes. And uh, I'll talk about local restaurants. Like, you know, I went to the Moo Creamery. 
Oh, I love the Moo Cream. You know, very close yeah, here. Yeah, they have good burgers and great ice cream. Fantastic everything, really. Yeah, uh, the yeah. shakes, the root beer floats, right, the, right. the the appetizers. They sell wine and oh, food, beers. And, yeah, wow. They have a full bar. Uh, everything's made in-house. And, and I'll talk to I'll talk on the podcast 30 minutes, just rattling on about my experience. And uh, I'll get, you know, 40 downloads in Dubai. Wow. And I'll go, how, I don't, you know, great. Wonderful. Right, right. But I, I don't understand the value to somebody across the world. To, well, okay. To, Curiously, yeah. this is an oil town, oil and ag. Yeah. And there are a ton of oil execs and oil employees that are from here sure. that are in the Middle East. Sure. And it would not surprise me that they follow, if it's them. That they I, would follow somebody uh, talking about Bakersfield. Let me just give you an example. Right here on my on my hit list, um, you can see some of the cities that are they're downloading. Okay, and uh, we'll get someplace like Sydney, Australia. We'll get thirty downloads in Mexico, uh, one little city. Uh, you know, uh, all over the country. So the Impressive. point. The point of it is, is that um, for something like the knowledge base that you possess. As it pertains to the FJ, uh, the stories you could tell about uh, your experience, about the restorations, uh, about sourcing. And they're not restorations. Let me point that out. Yeah, I I call myself a Land Cruiser rebuilder. Okay. uh, Okay. Because I think the restoration companies are amazing. They do amazing work and they do an amazing, they produce an amazing product. I am not on that level in any way. Right, right. So I rebuild. I always tell people I sell potential, and so I clean one up, I get it running, right. I uh, just put t- air in the tires. Sure, sometimes is 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 a huge plus. Uh, I get them paperworked. You uh, know, I, uh, a lot of them don't have titles when I find them. So I am a rebuilder, yeah. and so I do not do restorations. I don't have those skills or yeah. desire. Right, right. And those are. I did have a a gentleman here in town. He had a seventy two FJ forty. And it had been in the family forever. It belonged to his wife's dad. His wife had driven it in high school, and they wanted to keep it. But, you know, after 40-some years, somebody had painted an ugly green, including the fiberglass cap, and they had uh, it was just tortured. Right. And he said, what do you think I can do with this? And I said, I think you can clean it up. Or you can sell it to me. No, yeah, he said, we're not selling it. I asked that. And yeah. he said, no, we're not selling it, but what can I do? And I said, man, you know, go, I've got the guys in town, upholstery guys, tire guys. You can paint it. You know, you can do this. And he said, I'll be honest. I, I work with grapes. He was a, uh, a seller of seedling grapes. He said, I don't have the time. And so I said, well, there's a restoration guy in L.A. that does an incredible job. And I gave him the guy's name and he went down took the took the vehicle down to LA and the guy said 80 grand to restore his rig and this is a driving oh vehicle mm-hmm. and so he came back and he said you know I almost pulled the trigger uh, he said I almost said yes because oh, uh, well the shop is very impressive sure. I mean, they do perfect gorgeous work right and i said well you can do it cheaper than that here in town but you'll have to walk it through right all the different shops. And he said, will you do it? Can I pay you to do it? Uh-huh. And I said, no, at first. Uh, and then he asked me again, six months later. And I, and I said, yeah, cause I was retired then. And, and I was looking, I was doing a little writing, but not really into it as I am now. And so I took on the project and it was a year long project. And my upholstery guy did a gorgeous job, leather, leather seats, 
Uh, I talked him into uh, the newer factory roll bar and mini jump seats because the 72, of course, would not have that. Uh, we kept the stock drivetrain. We tore the body down and painted. Uh, he chose a gorgeous uh, tan, beautiful tan. And then we put it all back together again. And I think he spent around 30 when it was all said and wow. done. And it is easily worth more than that. So he didn't go upside down. Right. Uh, and they're driving it around all over, all over town. They love it. So let me rephrase that. Your love and passion has brought you to all this knowledge and your, uh, re- not restoration, but rebuilding, uh, which is actually preparing the uh, vehicle to the ne- for the next person to pass exactly. it on, who yeah. can then invest all that time, money, if and energy. If they want to. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, but that information, the, just a conversation that we'd have, um, that I've had with you over the phone numerous times, um, it, for somebody who's like, you know, picking up one uh, with a, uh, who's looking for an FJ, and they see it on Craigslist, and they they're trying to have having a hard time discerning um, why the '68 that somebody's trying to sell them uh, with nice paint, uh, drum brakes, F motor, uh, no top, no doors. They're trying to get nine grand or ten grand for it, wow. and then they're comparing. Uh, they see another one that's uh, twenty nine thousand right. with a hard top. That's a '78, right. you know, uh, or with a, with the disc brakes and two uh, F motor, right. possibly. Or they see a, a, this, you know, excuse my French, bastardized version uh, with the V8 and, uh, you know, the b- bikini top, and they're asking 17. So there's there's a wide variety of vehicles sure. and, and the subtle nuance, uh, the differences between the 68 and the 78 right. uh, that will make a huge difference in the value. Uh, both in to the person who's driving it right. and to the possible sale at the end. Um, and, and, and that help that I got, um, like, let me give you a perfect example. I was, um, I, ha- I love the look. I drive up to your house today, uh, and hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I see your personal driver in the driveway. Right. And, uh, I, my, my son from the car, uh, he, you know, he, he lives with his father who is, Constantly bringing up FJ, FJ this, <laughs> FJ that. Hey son, uh, I got the. I just put the top on today. You should come take a ride. Right. Or hey son, uh, I just you know. Uh, oh, I put the bumperettes on. Isn't that cool? And he's like, Oh yeah, Dad. Mm, right. Yeah, Dad. Right. So he drives up and sees your fully painted vehicle, and he's like, Oh wow. Now you did the paint yourself. Yep. So uh, is it a is it a show car? No. No. But it's fully one color, and he's used to seeing mine in some like grandma's uh, you know uh, quilt blanket. You know, uh, sure. with the doors one color, the I might on mine, uh, the uh, turn signal lights on mine are a, a, a violet purple, oh. pur- purple pearl. Oh, so it looks like some sometime in the early seventies when the psychedelic period hit, uh, somebody dropped some acid <laughs> and painted their vehicle uh, some right. violet colored purple oh. with a with a green flake. Ooh. So uh, he's used to seeing all this mishmash. Right, and uh, and then I've had my ups and downs. He's, as in fact, my oldest, who said that your vehicle was beautiful. He drove us. Ah, oh, it's gorgeous. And he's, you know, he's one of those. He's got. He's going through the phase where he's trying all these, uh, you know, over the top words uh, for things, simple things. And uh, he says to me, because uh, on uh, one day uh, when I a couple three years ago when I thought I'd kicked the problem, uh, I tried to go pick him up from school, and this is the day. That when uh, my junior high son uh, was had to have the most embarrassing moment of, of his course, life, right? Because uh, I pick him up, 
We come out of the turnstile for the thing. I was running on nearly empty in the gas tank. Uh. And uh, this is the day when we got stuck on the side of the road when the, it picked up a lot of sand from the fuel tank. That, you know, some of the seven cups because sure, sure. that were in there. And uh, I had to got stuck on the side of the road. And for 20 minutes until the tow truck came, uh, I had to have all of the, the Snickers and the, and the Snickers course. and the, the waving and the ha, 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 oh. you know. And my son was just hanging his head. Right. And I was like, oh. And I, and I feel this pain because I, as a child, my dad had that 56 Chevy pickup I mentioned before uh, and it had a busted fuel gauge. And uh, going three miles across town was a day trip for us. You know, uh, I, would, I, mean, I jokingly pack a lunch. Because we were going to run out of gas and uh, then have to call, hey, call your brother, go to the gas station three blocks away, call your brother and have him come bring us some fuel. So I felt his pain. And so when he saw your vehicle, he was like, ah, that's beautiful, right? And to you... You, you see it as, oh, this is my daily driver. I yeah. paint it in my driveway. To him, having gone through the struggle yeah. with me and my ups and my downs and my excitements and all this. And, and like I said, there is not a conversation, I think, at least right now or in the years past, that I haven't brought it up on a daily basis. Uh, you know, um, Well, we're a Land Cruiser family, so I know exactly what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. And my son would tell you similar stories of, uh, you know, we'll be driving down the road and we're slamming on brakes when we see a Land Cruiser in right. somebody's driveway. Right. And, you know, I mean, so he'll tell you similar stories. And he equally uh, was unimpressed with all of my hard work. Yeah. And as much as I tried to get him into, hey, help me with this. What do you think of that? He's like, whatever. You know, he's holding a phone in one hand yeah. and, you know, looking at his text. Do you but have a similar now, problem that I do? Yeah. But now as he's uh, grown up and, and uh, gotten out of the house, I can't keep him out of my Land Cruiser. He, he loves it. And how old is he now? He's 28. So I have some hope. Oh yeah! Once okay. uh, the the thing is, once their friends see them driving okay. it around, they're like, "Oh my gosh, how'd you get that okay. really cool vehicle?" And they're like, "What? This is cool?" Because they're used to it. It's not it's not a novelty to them having Land Cruisers in their driveway. But then when their friends see them, I mean, they're they're like I said, they're head turning vehicles, yeah. and so uh, all of my son's friends uh, love my Land Cruiser more than my son does, but now my son does too, and he, he just, he loves it. So Well, I, you know, that gives me hope. Yes. Because uh, up to now, my like my, you said, my son is very little impressed, and uh, when he uh, goes and plays, uh, what is it called, uh, that, you know, they where you yank people out of cars, uh, it's some game on a uh, video game, <laughs> some violent video game where you're uh, ripping people off and pin- punching people unexpectedly. I don't know what it's called. It's called... Wow. Uh, it's a name. I don't know. It's a video game. Uh, he's very little impressed with the fact that because he on the video game, you just you want a Bugatti Veyron in purple. Of course, you just yeah, click a button, yeah, boom, yeah. you're driving it. Yeah. So and you know they think. Right. And uh, and he's had the troubles with me. You know, like he got stuck, and he's like, "Yeah, Dad, I'm gonna drive the FJ." Uh, you know, what is he gonna expect this time? And so uh, if I could, if that's that's optimistic for me uh, because I my son uh, has been very both of them are like yeah. Dad, don't take that out there. And then we went to the Acatillo Wells with a friend uh, who drove up in the uh, $35,000 uh, Razor. Right. Um, he was, right. And I, then I tried to convince myself. I said, well, I'm going to bring the FJ out here one day. And he was like, yeah, that's that's nice for you, Father. Oh. You know, so uh, you know, so that's up to me. I'm looking forward to the possibility that it he'll will happen. It show will happen. Interest. Yeah. I think for me, because I'm not super impressed with beautiful yeah. Land Cruisers, yeah. I love them. Yeah. I think they're gorgeous. But because I'm super frugal, 
I'd rather have a sound vehicle. Me too. And so once I got my vehicle dialed in, I had to trade my hardtop for my motor. And so once I dropped in, the, it was a really nice 2F engine out oh, of an 83 FJ60 that wouldn't pass smog. And uh-huh. my vehicle was smog exempt. Right. So I took their motor, threw it in my cruiser, which had no motor. I bought it that way. And I had to trade my hardtop for it. So I've got just a really nice running Land Cruiser. It's just get in, turn the key, go. It's always going to take me wherever I want. It, it doesn't. I haven't had it yeah. leave me on the side of the right. road. But it's not a beautiful Land Cruiser. It's you know, it's got you a know few what? dents. It's beautiful to you. It's very, it's very beautiful yeah. in the sense that it's functional. And yeah. I still people are very impressed with the Toyota Land Cruiser. Well, you know, you have convinced me, and and, and one of the conversations we had uh, was. You know what? When they get dialed in, they're absolute magic. They're just too much fun. And I haven't experienced that yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't experienced that where um, I have, I mean, like I said, with the exhaust problem, it even you know, has a hard time starting because it has to suck up that fuel from the tank as it drains back in, I guess. Oh. And it, you have to, you know, you have to pull the, the choke out and really get huh. it going. So um, when that exhaust problem gets resolved, I imagine I'm going to fall back in love. But right now, um, I. I have a love hate with it, um, and I I so want to feel that feeling of when I can just you know get up to fifty fifty five just cruising and it's everything's running great. Right, I'm I'm right. waiting for this moment. Well, and like I said, because mine's a newer cruiser, like I don't have a choke. You know, it's yeah. all auto choke, and and, and that, that's a two F. It's a two F and four speed tranny, so yeah. it's super nice. Yeah. Disc brakes, but my first cruiser was the sixty six FJ forty I got from my wife's grandfather, and it had a choke, and I had to become a scientist i had to work that choke like a musician i mean you know exactly what i know how far does it go in how far does it come out yeah you and i i didn't oh yeah push it in exactly but once you figure it out yeah then it's not a big deal because i get in i know exactly where the choke has to be and and that was a three on the tree and i just i thought it was too much fun i think that's where i got hooked three on the tree that's your that was no, your trigger? No, I, I've had others that I've sold with three on the tree, yeah. but that was the only one that was my driver. Okay, I had an FJ fifty five with three on the tree, but I promptly kicked, cut it off okay. and, and did a floor shift. Okay, uh, which I will have to say this: I got to put a plug in for the FJ fifty fives. I know a lot of people think they're kind of ugly. Uh, I I think it's the most comfortable Land Cruiser I've ever driven. So, and, and the fifty five is a Long wheelbase? Or they short? are. They yeah. are long wheelbase. They're the station wagons okay. uh, in the 70s. Okay. Um, I want to say the first year was 68 All right. for the 55. Because before that, prior to that, was the FJ45 station wagon. So I want to say the 55's first year was 68. But don't hold me to that. I'm, I'm not Spectre off-road. I don't know. <laughs> um, Who is? So, But anyways, mine was a 70. And uh, midway through 70, they went to the uh, dual master brake reservoir in a brake booster, I think July of 70. And mine was like August of 70. So I had really good disc uh, drive br- uh, drum brakes, which on those big, heavy vehicles really helps. Are, so, are they as rare as hen's teeth now? Um, I don't think so. Because I, I think I've seen maybe one. I think they're not as popular... As the FJ40 or the 45 pickups, 
they're super, super uh, capable vehicles. And they, uh, and which motor did you have in it? I had the stock six. But the, the F or the two? The F. Okay. Yeah. And it ran great. I had no motor when I picked it up. And it had been sideswiped. In fact, I have a picture of it. Yeah. And I had to cut off the top and make roll bars. Boy, you've had them all. I have a trailer, FG40 trailer I built. A trailer? Let me see that. We'll come, we'll come back to your, to the 55 bill trailer. Oh. oh. How much you sell that for? Million, I sold it to 800 bucks to a guy on eBay in San Francisco. I'd have paid you 1000 It's beautiful. Okay, wow. so here's my 1970 FG55. Uh, I cut off the top and did roll bars. When I dragged it home, the passenger side had been sideswiped and they had broken the door pillar. And so I just cut off the top. It was completely rusted out anyway. And I did roll bars and big tires and a little... I got a safari lift from Spectre. And uh, it was just way too cool. It was a turnkey... Ready to go, ready to drive anywhere vehicle. Oh, uh, you're making me want one now. They are so I, I just think they're head turning because they're so rare. Yeah, uh, and they look odd. But I've had numerous FJ55s, but that's the only one I kept. The other ones I bought to flip. I love that with the uh, with the uh, roll the bars for the top. That, right. Yeah, right. that's great looking. Right. Well, because a lot of the 55s, the tops rust out. Um, that's pretty common them to get that rust there like in the back there the gutters the rain gutters yeah on the rain gutters and behind the front tires hmm. so whereas for the fj40 the the rust spots are noticeable behind the rear tires in the quarter panels the fj55s tend to rust out badly right behind the front tires so you, you probably definitely want a california vehicle for that right if you can it, get them it, yeah it just depends on how much repair you want to do uh, I, I, apparently there's a lot of FJ 55s in the Western slopes of the Rockies and in Idaho. And I mean, they're just great winter vehicles, uh, for the cold and out here in California, we don't have that kind of extreme yeah. cold. So they just weren't as popular. Did they, do they make these in diesel? I do not know that. That would be cool. Not for the U S yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they did. Yeah. I know there were diesel land cruisers in Canada Australia, yeah. uh, but I don't believe they came to the United States or so were sold here that way. What do you think? Uh, the I mean, it's the the typical price on something that you could find on Craigslist or for uh, a FJ fifty five? Yeah, now oh, thousand bucks, fifteen hundred. There's a pair right now in Palm Springs, and they're just shells. I mean, they're but they're good starts. Uh, you know, <laughs> those are going to be mine. They're going to be mine. You're going to find two of those in my yard. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. No, I mean, see again. See, so that's what I'm talking about. The somebody who's getting into this thing, and uh, who want like, like I tell you right now, I get people looking at my vehicle, and sometimes I think they're going, "How did you get that? Why don't right. I have one of those?" Right. And uh, and and like you said, they're available and they're becoming uh, more rare. Very the, true. The barn finds are becoming harder to find, as with a lot of the old vehicles. Very true. And uh, but if when you when you get one for five grand. Or four grand or something, and you take it home, you drag it home, and you want to get it together and on the road. 
uh, you, you're going to need all that knowledge. You're going to need that database of, of uh, you know, friendly people that you can get. Some friendly, some unfriendly. I've met some, <laughs> some unfriendly, true. yeah. Uh, but you, but there are people out there who have hordes and hordes of parts and knowledge, and you got to find somebody like yourself uh, who can point you in, at least give you some direction. Uh, because I, like I was saying before, with that guy that had that thirty thousand dollar rig, that he was not going to get the money back. No, and he, and the sad part, he was. I mean, he was definitely trying to get it back. He thought that he was going to tell me, hey, uh, you know, he thought that he was talking to somebody who, you know, was just getting started, who just decided to buy one yesterday. Right. And uh, he was going to sell his, uh, I think it was a 71 or a 69 or it was an early one. Not well, not early, but it's in the middle point. And uh, that was when, you know, they were less desirable. I mean, even now to re- to build them. For uh, a restoration. They're yeah. still a super desirable, solid truck. But oh, you're no. talking drum yeah. brakes, yeah. three-speed tranny. Yeah. You know, not bad features, no. but not the desirable features of a restoration rig. Certainly um, not livable for the average human being. It'd be hard to drive around yeah. L.A. in yeah. a three-speed tranny. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and the drum brakes they heat up. They're, yes. you know, they you know they they, they uh, start to fade because they're not as good as the the discs. True. And uh, that three speeds, you know, you're going to be you know 45 miles an hour, maybe. You know, I've done it. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's you're right. Uh, it's not as desirable yeah. as the four speed and the yeah. disc brakes, yeah. but it's super doable. Oh, they're still beautiful. Yes. Don't get me wrong. They're but still... I would not restore one. No. If I'm going to put 50 grand into a vehicle, yeah. I'm going to do the ones that have the the nicer yeah, engine, the absolutely. nicer tranny. Yeah. And I wouldn't even features. put 10 grand in one of those earlier ones. You know what I mean? Uh, it just depends. You're uh, not getting your money back. If you pick it up yeah. for free. If, free. You know, Grandpa yeah. gives That's it the to price. you. Or if That's you, the price. Yeah. Right. That's the price you want. Right. Well, because like those shells, those FJ55 shells. So yeah. if you if you could find a body of a Land Cruiser yeah. that you loved on a drivetrain. Yeah. Uh, and what I would do, because I live in California, I would make sure it was 1975 and older to make yeah. sure it was smog exempt. Sure. So I didn't have that as a monster to contend with. Yeah. I would do what we do, Jack. I would go to the swap meets. I would find parts. You know, at, at 8 a.m., that, that F engine yeah. that guy pulled out is trying to sell it for 1000 bucks, And at 11 a.m., he'll let you have it for $100 because he doesn't want to take it home. Right. And so go to the swap meets, get your parts. Put it in your. They're so easy to drop in yourself. I I rent uh, a cherry picker from a, a local place here in town. I don't want to own one. I don't sure. have the room for it. Yeah. You know they're like twenty five bucks for a day. Yeah. So I go and get it. I drop my motor in. I take it back, and I don't have to have all those expensive parts, yeah. uh, tools sitting around. Yeah. So I would do what we do. I would build one. Parts are readily yeah. available, and I would just go slow. But you know what? Let's say it this way: You got to be diehard. You, you yes. got to have love. Yeah. You got to have time. Yes. And you're gonna make the mistakes, like you were telling me the other yeah. day. I was telling <laughs> you my story of installing my uh, my tailgate, solid tailgate, off my '69 on my '74, and uh, my wife and I sat there for thirty minutes marking the holes, you know, for the let the uh, the hinges on the bottom sill there under sure. the under the tub. Sure. And we we thought we had it. We thought we had it. And then when I I took the bolts and I bolted it up, uh, the left side was just off by quarter inch, and the left side's right on the money. But I'm mean, sorry, the right side's right on the money. The left side's just off by a, a quarter, and it's not going to bother anybody. Nobody, I maybe somebody at the uh, rally might go, oh, no. but but no. to me, I know it. I know every time that I you know open that gate or every time I look at the truck, I'm gonna say, oh, it's off. You have higher standards see? than I do. See, so. okay, but you know what? You the, well, the first thing you said to me was, you know what? 
I've been there. Oh, you know, yeah. I've done it. Oh, yeah. Done it. And yeah. I'm sure you've done all the mistakes. And and see, so for me, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to push you to do that podcast. I know you're right now. You're like, eh. But you know what? I showed you the equipment. It, you see what it is. Uh, yeah. I, I took yeah. I took my whole studio to your house. Yeah, we're sitting in your office, and uh, we're we're able to make this happen uh, with a, a device that could fit in your pocket. Very true, right? Yeah. So uh, you can see how easy it is if you have you have the gift of the gab, you have the incredible knowledge, um, and uh, you know you'd be your knowledge is invaluable to somebody in a position to uh, to has a passion. For the vehicle you do, uh, who wants to invest the time, money, and energy uh, into putting someone something together, and and they're not easy. Trust me, they're not easy. I've learned a lot from making the mistakes and talking to you about it. So I don't know, something to think about, something to think about. Plus, it give you a platform to uh, talk about your other passion, writing, yes, your books, yes. Uh, you know, talking about the rallies that's coming up, and uh, you know what, I'm gonna come for the name. I think. I'm going to think of a name and get people on the sand in, in uh, San Diego. I don't know yet. It sounds like a lot of work, but you know what? Uh, if, I can, if I've taken it this far with my passion, maybe I can push it a little farther. Yeah, I we'll will, see. I will put a plug in. I wrote a, a futuristic trilogy that takes place in uh, the Wyoming mountains, Montana mountains, uh, when, the, when the Great Plains have filled as an inland sea from the uh, polar ice caps melting. And uh, the hero is a, a young girl. She drives a Land Cruiser. So no I, way, yeah, really. So I have in your in book? book, yeah. So uh, that one's not come out yet. I, I'm pitching it to some different publishers. Um, I, you, I'm, I'm I'm buying the series. Yeah, it's it's. I'm gonna uh, buy so the series. She's, she's driving a, a Land Cruiser in the three books. And, That's uh, cool. That's uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you took you're taking those two passions, and you're putting them together, yeah. and you come up with a story that's involving the vehicle that you that you love. That's great. I'm buying. You got my, you got me sold. Uh, you know what? I, but it was also funny too. When I, when I, you know, in this process over the years, I went to a Starbucks one time, and I, t- I posted a picture on on the socials. Uh, the uh, there was a, a beautiful picture of like someplace in South America or you know a tropical land, and uh, there was this beautiful FJ uh, forty uh, driving down this uh, this red uh, uh, clay path, and it was it was like. That's where I want to be with my FJ. Nice. Yeah. I want to be kicking down a yeah. uh, jungle road in uh, Papua New Guinea. Right. You know, right. Uh, in with the FJ and be cru- going up these little trails. And uh, I don't know, man. That's the, that's where I want to do. And that's where I envision my. And so I, it's I'm coming. It's coming. It's coming. Jack. It's coming, man. Yeah. It's coming. Uh, you know, before we get going, uh, I want to thank you again for uh, being the first guest thank on you. the cricket. Thank you, Jack. And, uh, and you know, the, the Project Wheels. And uh, I also want to give you know. Is there anything you want to talk about before we go? Uh, you want to men- mention again your website? Oh, Andrew Roth Books. Okay, uh, Andrew Roth R O T H Books dot com. Yeah. Uh, my my books are on there, and we'll direct you to Amazon. Uh, I've got multiple books coming out in okay. the next couple of years, and I'm hoping this trilogy uh, gets picked up soon. And you have to let me know when those come out. We'll, I will. We'll maybe do this again. Great. And great, uh, great. maybe maybe I'll, maybe this is how we'll do it. We'll do this uh, right before the rally. You know, maybe to oh. to produce it. You know, to maybe to uh, add some exposure to it. Yeah. We'll we'll put it all online, and uh, maybe when the new books come out, um, I'll mention it on the show. Nice for sure. Nice. And uh, when you drop those, and uh, so get to and- andrewroth.com. Andrewrothbooks.com. Okay. Uh, go to Amazon. Download them. Uh, get the hardback copies 
And again, the rally in uh, North Bakersfield, yeah, Toyota. 2020, uh, this year, the rally is April 18th, starts at 8 a.m. And believe me, the selling starts at 7.30 in the parking lot. So at 8 a.m., be there for the deals. Be so. there for the deals. Bring your rig. Uh, meet some cool people who are going to uh, be, be as passionate about your vehicle as you are. Maybe some uh, more passionate. Uh, and you know what? I'll tell you this. The, the deals are there to be had. Um, I uh, have been I, – I wait now. I mean, even now, I'm waiting to go to the rally because um, I find the best deals there. And you know, here's the thing. For sure. You can go online to like some of the names we mentioned, those retailers, and sure. you can pay some good, good money uh, to get the part right away. Uh, and But you know what? It, 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 not to say that it takes away from it, but there's some a, a legitimate satisfaction in – uh, finding that that maybe slightly uh, gnarled up part, uh, you know, something that kind of fits the condition of the vehicle. I mean, look, you don't want to go buy something brand new, some repop thing to pop, put on your vehicle that's kind of, you know, it's aged. It's uh, it's got history. It's got uh, character. And then you put on this brand new, freshly painted, primered uh, thing that you got from the spot. Uh, it it doesn't fit. So, but if you find that gnarled up one that's been living uh, a life on a on a rig in South America on uh, covered in red mud, uh, you know, you put it on your vehicle, it just fits like a glove. You bet. You know, and uh, I, I I had the experience myself. I went there a couple years ago, and I was uh, there was a guy had a a, a large uh, flatbed car hauler style uh, trailer and he had all of his parts out there and i go up there and i see uh this uh i asked him what it was it was a chrome uh strip that goes right in the center of the hood right right and i didn't have it my vehicle had had nothing i came to find out so i spent a lot of money on nothing uh so um those are worth a lot right now though it's crazy so the the only, so I, I saw one sitting there and uh, I said, how much do you want for it? He says, uh, you know, give me 10 bucks. And, and I didn't know what I was buying. Ugh. So I, I bought it. I looked at it, and it did have a little crease. So quite possibly it had been on the rig. They uh, maybe flapped the, the yep. hood back onto the top of the, exactly. of the, uh, what is it? Frame. the windshield frame. Very common. And it creased it, right? But it didn't. It, that's, it, you know, I said it had character. So I picked it up. I paid the guy the 10 bucks. I didn't know what I really had. I stuck it in my back pocket. And I'm waiting for the raffle to start, right? And uh, no one really knew me at the time, you know? I mean, it still don't, probably. And so I'm waiting for one of your uh, raffles that you do, what, every hour? We're getting down to just two. Okay. We're trying to do less gathering gotcha. and gabbing and yeah. more buying and trading okay. and selling. Th- there you go. Yeah. So um, I was waiting for one of the raffles uh, that you were having, and uh, I, uh, I heard some conversation going on behind me. And uh, they were going, no, 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 no. I was like, no. So, what? And then I heard something about, oh, wh- where'd you get that emblem? Like that, like that. Right. They were talking to each other. Right. Then I come to find out this thing that I, this this emblem that I had was a very expensive, sought oh, after yes. piece. Oh yeah. And then they, so I heard, well, how much you get that for? And I, I said, uh, and I was reluctant to say anything because right. I because I I thought I was going to get stabbed in the neck with it, right? Uh, so so uh, I ended up telling the guy ten bucks, and he was like, what? He said, I was just over there. Yeah. You know, and so then he, and the, you know, the guy obviously had a bunch more business after, but uh, yeah, no, you can find a good deal there. Yeah. And I'm okay. waiting again now to get back uh, in April to get my parts. And yeah. so now this is on my calendar. This, yeah, this and, is, and I will advertise it on the I Hate Mud forum. It'll be on the calendar of events on yeah. I Hate Mud, and yeah. it'll be on Craigslist if you just type in FJ40 or Land Cruiser. 
you'll find the ad will come up, okay. and I'll start running that in March. Okay. And it'll be on the uh, the Noisy Cricket uh, podcast website, and we'll talk about this again, and uh, we'll do it on all the socials. We'll, we'll, I'll put up a calendar. We'll put it on there, too. And uh, maybe soon enough, uh, we'll have a uh, another rally down in San Diego, maybe. Maybe. Could be, could yeah. be. Don't know. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Andy, uh, thank you again, My as pleasure. always. Thank you, Jack. As always. And uh, we'll be talking again in the future. And uh, again, thank you for all your knowledge all of these years. You've, My pleasure. You, you've kept me in the game. All right. So, uh, all right. we'll, be, uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check us out on uh, on SoundCloud, wherever fine uh, podcasts are found, and uh, Instagram. Uh, subscribe on uh, iTunes. Uh, find us on Instagram, on Facebook, where uh, we are going to be the Noisy Cricket Podcast. And again, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. We enjoy doing them, and we'll be talking to you soon. Have a great day. Be nice to each other.